Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. So, so you understand what I mean by that when I say, Hit it, Brian! Let's do it! This is the Work For It Podcast! Coming live at you Thursday morning right here. Right now, it is time to work for it, baby. There's going to be five people on this podcast today, if you can believe that. Five total people. And just some random ass mofos that decided to join us on this show. <laughs> Come on now. One guy I haven't seen for 15 years, my old college roommate and best friend, John Bankston. He's nobody. You don't know him. He, he has no online social presence at all. Well, really? Little, little wow. one. And then we also have Ryan Coakley from Chadbourne Custom Knifeworks. Uh, did I say that right, Ryan? No, you did not. Oh, <laughs> what no. is it? You gotta tell me. <laughs> it's tell Ryan me. Chadbourne Knifeworks. Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. How can we find you on Instagram, Ryan? Under Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. One word. Got it. And you're also co-host of the Hustle and Grind podcast. That's right. I am with Mr. Yes. Jason Hartwell of J.K. Blades. J.K. Blades and Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. See, I feel like uh, I no it. underscores <laughs> is the way to go. That just sounds a lot more clean. As long as it like does. the words are separate enough where it's not like, oh, shoot, is it? Is it lambda, oh, lambda, I've, lambda. Right, right, I guess. <laughs> I tried to come up with something off the off the cuff, but it, it just didn't happen. My broadcast school uh, training is really paying off. So. It really is. You're, you you <laughs> just took to this way. like a duck on water, man. Duck on this. water. Yeah. yeah. So I thought I- uh, if you're new to the podcast, real quick, I just want to just indoctrinate you. What our focus is, as Dennis said in the beginning of the show, is business in the workshop. And typically we have makers, other people on the show that uh, either they're a side hustle or they're a full-time maker and they're using their workshop to do things like make money and run a business. So hopefully you get something out of today's show. And if you do get something out of today's show and all of the other hundreds of shows that you could go back and listen to, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash work for it. Now that we've got that out of the way, Ryan, how the hell are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm just super honored to be here. Well, thanks for coming. I know that uh, you've got like you had to like get some time off to kind of come and do this, and and uh, and it's it's awesome that you're able to jump on with us in the podcast. We've been trying to make it for so long, make it happen for so long, and uh, you know, trying to get this many people in the same room. It's like it's tough sometimes to coordinate timing. So. We appreciate you being here. And uh, is there is there anything you want to promote, like right off the bat? Do you want to talk about anything? You got anything going on that you want the world to know about? Um, I'm doing a collaboration project with uh, Mike Jones Knife and Tool. Ooh, nice. And okay. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm making the blade, and I'm sending it to him to do the handle, and then we haven't figured out what we're going to do with it after that. But Okay. Um, yeah, your work is really clean, man. 
for sure. I, like I appreciate it's unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. You know, when um when I st- first started watching what you were doing and working uh in your workshop, I'm like, man, it you're you focus on culinary knives. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. That's what I enjoy making. I will make hunting knives, EDCs, whatever anybody wants. Um, yeah. But kitchen knives are really what I enjoy grinding. And you um, can tell. I mean, it. your work is really top-notch, man. It really looks great. I really so Go check out Ryan that. Chadbourne Knife Works on Instagram, and you can see what we are talking about. And I've only right made now. probably... Do it geez, That Mike Jones knife is probably my 70 number 70 around there oh ben you, just joined us do you have a julia child knife that you could a julia child oh, style knife cut the dickens out of my finger <laughs> oh <laughs> and now we're gonna add the flower <laughs> what the dickens wasn't it dan Aykroyd who did that sketch on saturday Night Live? i think you're right yeah i Absolutely. think it was he did it he did it. definitely it was him i think and actually, Ryan, I wanted to bring up something that just happened to you. I saw like a bloody forehead uh, photo. So we, we've all had belts kick off the grinder or mm. come off track and run into the edges on your work rest and stuff like that. Well, the other night I was grinding. I was, I'm trying to bang out a bunch of small like everyday carries for the holiday season while my books are closed. And I had just finished a pass to the left and I looked at the bevel and then all of a sudden the belt exploded like just like that and uh, a piece of it it, and it's the worst when it breaks like a little bit off because then it turns into a slapping machine which is what (laughs) happened to you where like the belt didn't fully break it was it was like halfway and then it just slap 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 and that's how you must have taken and gotten hit in the head so many times. So <laughs> it, it broke cleanly down the middle. And the. Oh my God. How rare is that? Yeah. That's so weird. Did it catch on something? I don't think so. Because I was holding the blade. Like I still had the blade in my hand when I yeah, realized okay. I was bleeding. But. Because that belt looks pretty fresh. It doesn't it was. look that old. To that me. was a brand new, brand new VSM oh, no, Red really? Ferrari. Yeah. Wow. It, that just sucks. one of them things. And it's like shredded. you said, that's like. Oh, yeah, the slapping machine. I mean, one half of it blew apart, like, into, like, eight sure. or nine different pieces. And I think one of those pieces knocked my hat off because I was oh. wearing a driver defense knives hat. Oh, gotcha. And so it knocked That's my hat. That's got your forehead. Yeah. yeah, and then the other half came around and hit me in the top of the head. And See, I was bleeding like a sieve. It was bad. There was blood oh all over God. the floor. <laughs> Look like a butcher shop in there. See, I was going to say that this is like a, a new lease on, hey, always wear some sort of hat or something on the top of your head. But you had a hat on your head, and it knocked it off in one fell swoop slapped and off. slapped yeah, you. Helmet, oh, my God. It well, has In the next photo on his Instagram, he's literally wearing a helmet. Like, he's got a face shield <laughs> and a helmet on and the whole thing. It only takes me one time to learn something. Oh, yeah. You 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 do that one time. Even though I I have had moments where I just walk up to the grinder and turn it on real quick because I'm like, oh, it's real fast. And, you know, then I step back and I go, all right, I need to put my my PPE on. And, and right. especially, like, getting getting, like, metal shards in your eye. That's, like, my worst nightmare. Um and I've never I've had things hit my eyes before and but never stick. Uh, mm. But, you know, it it scares Except you. your lovely wife. 
She hit your eyes she, and stuck. She hit my Aww. eyes and stuck. Stuck. That's right. Sarah did. That's true. This is very true. <laughs> Good, so, but anyway, I, thought, I just thought that was really funny that uh, you were on. Ben, are you on here or what? I heard you coming and going. No, nope, he's not on here. Nope. Ben, Ben is missing. It. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It I'm guessing me. that maybe his Wi-Fi router is in seven feet of water right about now. Oh, that's true. So yeah, we'll let him talk about that actually yeah. when he joins us. But yeah, he's had some he's had some issues with his house with a little bit of water in the in the uh, the basement. So if you're Just not following bit. Ben Ben Butler on, if he comes on. I'll talk to him about it. Yeah, uh, John actually, my college roommate John. Thanks for joining us today. And sure. the. The reason why uh, John is is here uh, was really he just wanted to get out of town. He lives in Virginia, right? Like Southern Virginia. Southern Virginia. And then um, wanted to come down and visit. And then it just so happens that it it coincided with uh, us getting a a truckload of parts, like a big truckload of parts. And John's the type of guy that doesn't shy away from hard work. There we go. um, And we lived together for, I don't know, how many years did we live together, John? Couple years, three years, in the apartment that my grandmother called the crime against humanity. <laughs> wow. Yes. And the washing machines would run from everybody, and it would leak underneath the wall into our kitchen. Uh, yes. Um, that was. Yes. You, uh, two years. Two years at, at two university. Years that, but I mean, I, I mean, I was at your parents' house pretty much, almost every day for three or four years oh yeah so yeah we were close and plus work together and we worked together we painted houses together we did a lot of uh, labor together and then also john and i now picture this it's like 1997 correct and i ordered on ebay a small fm transmitter <laughs> from canada is there because there are limitations on this? there is a statute of limitations right. and uh john and i had our own pirate radio station which would only broadcast nice. like 10 miles but john and i would do a show and and then broadcast it on a, a, a bandwidth that was not it didn't have any other station on it so we weren't like you know cross you know uh pollinating anybody else's okay. signal and we would do a show like what once a week Every Saturday night in that pole barn up in the woods. Yeah, we made a little tree house where we ran a electrical cable out to it and and sat up there and did a show. And sometimes we would just like play War of the Worlds or something and like broadcast like other stuff. And then we would talk about things, smoke a lot of cigarettes. We had the record player. We had um, and that's when you what's the name? Toad, uh, Toad Hall. You get records Hall. from Toad Hall. Yeah. And that's when we did the War of the Worlds. Um, Orson Welles broad, radio broadcast. Nice. We did. Um, there was pop music at the time that nobody would play on the radio and yeah, we would play we it. would play um i'm sure we raised hell a lot with of the punk. raccoons and the deer and the yep. 10 mile radius of the forest <laughs> did i ever tell you the story about how i was at a party <clears throat> and i told i was telling the story to somebody mm-hmm. about the pirate radio station and a guy overheard me tell you know telling the story and he goes wait a minute was it 87.9 and i said yes <laughs> and he said he goes so did you play Orson Welles's War of the Worlds? Like a really <laughs> shitty like vinyl copy of it? And I said, yes, exactly. That was me. He's like, his mind, you would have thought that I just, like when you literally see someone blow their mind, like the, it, he was just like, my mind is blown. 
what had happened was he had this piece of shit Toyota Corolla that every time he would get into it and turn it on, his radio would reset back to 87.9 FM. Okay. And when he would get on his car, it just so happened that because that was the beginning of the dial, right? 87.9 is the way this I'm dating myself now, but that's way all the way at the beginning of the dial. And he's like, so when I got into the car, I heard war of the worlds. And I thought, Wow, who the fuck is playing War of the Worlds over the radio? And then he's like, and we used to have a voice changer, John and I did. So oh, we, yeah, the yeah, harmonizer. The harmonizer. Yeah. So you couldn't tell, you know, our voices or whatever. And I, sh- so, I still have it. It's do you in really? my rig back home. Yeah, yeah you have the harmonizer, right? It, no, it's, uh, it's an, um, it's an Elisis Quadrasynth, uh, yes. or Elisa Quadroverb. Quadroverb. Yes. Um, and it made our voices sound really deep. Like, like really creepy deep, almost like Darth Vader style. But, uh, but yeah, that blew that guy's mind, man. He, he could not believe he was standing. He's like that. And he was like, it was a bunch of years ago. You know, I was at this party like five years later wow. in Rockford. And this guy's telling me the story and he's like, you know, I, my car would set back to that 87.9 FM and I would, and I was, every once in a while, there'd be a signal and it would be you guys. And you would be <laughs> talking about whatever, playing punk rock music and doing all this stuff. He's like, it's, it was so cool. So we have a long history of doing radio work together. Played in the band. <laughs> played in a band. We played music together. We, we made countless things, pointless, countless things together, sculpted together. We studied painting, fine arts, art, uh, history. art history together, all kinds of things. So. John and I have a long history, and it's really good to have you here, John. It's great to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, hey, Brian. Yeah. And Ryan. Yeah. Who wants to take it first? What do you guys got going on in your workshop? Brian, Brian you're you can... the guest. You go ahead. Uh, I beat you to it. <laughs> so, I've got some EDCs I'm working on. I've got a couple chef knives I'm working on. Um, mostly, I've been doing, like, summer projects around the house because it gets cold here in the winter. Um, so I got a short window. You're in Maine, yeah. right? Yes, I'm I'm up in Maine. So we only have about three, four months of good weather before it's too cold to do anything outside. I feel so, that. Yeah, yeah. Michigan, their winters are pretty equal to ours. Uh, you spend all summer getting ready for winter. Chopping wood? Yep, yep. I burn wood in my shop and propane. And then we burn oil in the house. In the shop? I got a wood stove, yeah. Yeah. I have one in the house. They're wonderful. Can't get enough yeah. of it. Yeah. If you live in a cold climate, man, it's the best thing ever. I want one to put in the basement, but insurance d- doesn't want me to have two appliances in the same flue because we have mm. a uh, oil boiler, mm-hmm. too, for the hot water and the heat. Yep. And with oil prices, I mean, you can't get less than 100 gallons delivered at one time. So, And right now it's like four sixty nine a gallon. You could, uh, you could just build another chimney in your house yeah i could couldn't you like couldn't you like go through the wall and then up you can't or you does can't. it have to be above grade it has and to be above the uh, roof line i bet yeah Two you gotta problems. be three feet above the peak yep uh, in maine it's three yeah for draft so rest of the typically it was the chimney needs to extend four feet above the ridge 10 feet in any direction around a circle the other thing with the wood stove stuff that i recently found out is there's an epa requirement on what the stove can actually emit oh no kidding yeah so they're regulating this now 
Uh, yeah. Um, I don't have all the particulars, but I went to go look at a new stove and the guy was like, mm, yeah, a new install. There's all sorts of EPA emission regulations on these new wood burning iron stoves. Mm. Oh, a okay. stove in your basement would be so killer. Mm. I mean, it would heat the whole house because it's just rising up through the floorboards. Yep. Yeah. yeah. My house is small, so it's easy to heat. It's like 860 square feet. I just looked it oh, up. Wow. And in Maine, it says chimneys shall not extend at least two feet higher than any portion of a building within 10 feet, but shall not be less than three feet above the point where the chimney passes through the roof. So Interesting. So you have like a five-foot window, basically, you have to be mm-hmm. inside of. Yeah. And, you know, in Florida, we have no problem with this. We have hot and less hot. And that's about <laughs> it. So down, down here, we're the opposite. We're trying to cool everything down all the time. So I, this time of year, it's really tough to forge and stuff because of the, the heat. Yeah, I think I would fl- uh, flourish in Florida because it's 84 right now here and I love it. Oh, you God. love it. I love it. I absorb the heat. <laughs> I, I get gout, I too, die. and the heat really helps it. So, <laughs> Ugh, 84 Brian, you just sucks. have to shave that beard of yours, nah, that dude. luscious long beard of no. yours. Shave that off. You know, get some, get a tank top. Yeah, no. I mean, they they Some, call me sharp, sharp Santa because I love the cold so damn much. I yeah. I I am waiting for Friday because I think it's supposed to be high of like seventy two, and I'm going to be forging all day. Because That'll be nice. I am I'm not one to deal with the heat very well. Um, but yeah, in my shop, I've got let's see, I've got thirteen separate knives that I have handles glued up. So um, glued them up yesterday, and now I'm just waiting for them to dry up over the over the day and the, because i use um what is it g flex which is 12 hours so i like to give it at least 24 hours to cure and then from there i'm, I'm just sculpting handles and getting another batch out so yeah so so brian i got a text message yesterday late in the day from jimmy deresta oh yeah <laughs> not not a dm but an actual text and yeah. it said can i send you the clips here yeah. And I'm like, what you talking about, Willis? And it, what it was is he was looking for you yeah. and somehow he got our names mixed up in his phone. I mean, and it's easy. It's Brian. Brian. I it is. Yeah. So now he's got it sorted out. But I thought it was kind of funny. I had to send him your contact information. And I guess you guys are doing a collaboration or something. Yeah, we're doing a collaboration. So on that podcast where Jimmy was on, um, I had talked about doing these production knives where TR Maker sends over the the blanks that are ground to shape or yeah they're profiled they're heat treated they're ground about 80 percent, and then my logo's on the side so i'm and basically i was kind of flip-flopping back and forth whether or not i should do it and jimmy jimmy's advice kind of pushed me in the direction i mean i've i had a bunch of people saying hey you should definitely do it it's a great money maker it was um, my idea oh I'm yeah sure, sure it was all my idea i'm taking 100 percent credit for it isn't everything always your idea. It is. It is, John. Just if you guys all learn to just follow oh, my I've lead. I've learned. It's <laughs> follow my lead. 1996. Oh, there's Brian. Okay, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. But yeah. So sorry, Brian. It's cool. Go ahead. It's cool. Uh, but yeah. So basically, as a thank you for kind of pushing me in the direction, um, I'm making up one of the chef knives and one of the EDC threes, and do, I've I've made a video around it and basically he was trying I asked him for like a little stinger like hey I'm Jimmy Jaresta um, you're making me these knives I'm super I'm excited to see him or whatever 
And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, I, I, you know, Jimmy is, Jimmy is very, very busy and I, it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, somebody at his level is like giving me the time of day to, you know, do a little, it's, it's a soft collaboration because I'm making him knives and I'm sending them over to him. He's, he's not making, he's not really making any content around them or anything, but just as a thank you, I wanted to make up some knives and send them over to him. So yeah, I've got those. And you definitely need to use his face in the thumbnail for oh, 1000%. 1, 1, <laughs> All right. Yes, please. Yeah. Jimmy is very busy, but I'll tell you the reason for his, um, the love of Jimmy Duresta, I think, is because he takes the time to do stuff like that. Like, yes. he, you know, he didn't blow you off, you know. No, really of course cool. not. Is he a famous? Yeah, he's fairly famous. He has like a Netflix show. Oh. And um, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, Netflix. Uh, the, it's a ch- it's a kid show, <laughs> um, isn't it? I mean, really, when you call yeah. it a kid show, yeah. although it's like adults can watch it, too. Um, and, and he's a maker and he does all kinds of, I don't know the, what's the best way to describe Jimmy. Like he's just, I guess he's famous in the maker community, but yeah. then he got famous because in the, in the big part of the world, I guess in, um, not just the internet with his Netflix show. So that was, that was, that was pretty big, but never too big to help somebody out. Man. And I think he has over a couple, I think he's a, what is it? A couple million subscribers. On oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. yeah. He was one of the yeah, pioneers nice of the maker community. Mm-hmm. you know, content creation. I think you're absolutely right about that, Ryan. I I think Jimmy was probably one of the like founders, if not the first founder of being a maker, kind of famous or popular or, or whatever, being able, and, you know, it used to be like the arts and crafts movement. And then, you know, he came out with I Make. Mm-hmm. And it was like, instead of crafts, we're makers, you know, not right. craftsmen, we're makers. And he kind of changed the vernacular a little bit and the syntax. And it was that I think helped the situation quite a bit. And then a whole bunch of people just decided they were going to jump on that train. And, um, and he was all for it. He was just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's like make stuff in our garages and sell it. And, um, all kinds of things, all kinds of things. He was actually a product development guy for a long time and did, um, made like kids type games and things for like Hasbro. And, and, um, he, he made his, his crowning jewel was this, this toy called gurgling guts, which was like a pile of slime that you kind of like made gurgle or whatever. And, uh, yeah, interesting dude. So you ever get a chance to look him up, you know, follow him. He's, he's a good guy. So. But uh, in our workshop right now, we are in the midst of today's a heavy day. So we've uh, actually the whole week has been a heavy week because and even last week, just uh, I have been waiting on uh, steel. I just need parts. I need, you know, I needed to restock everything for my projects here. And for whatever reason, that was taking forever. I don't know why, but everything just seemed to like the last month has been taking a long time to arrive here. Good thing John is here because yesterday we offloaded a, another truck with a whole bunch more parts and started counting and distributing them and processing them here in the studio. And then also I have been 3D printing the ribbon burner mold uh, for the ribbon burner project for the Apollo Forge project. So that will, I think the first usable prototype will come out of our workshop sometime in the next day or two. Whoa. And yeah, Damn. So, look at you, Brian. Yeah. That's awesome. You know what this looks like? I'm, I'm, what is what am I holding? 
Okay, so John's holding the 3D printed ribbon burner mold, and it's got all the straws like protruding it, out it, of it. It looks like the rods from a nuclear power plant. Yeah, that's yes. what it looks like. Yeah, I like. I'm like, I watched that Chernobyl document. Yeah, they put those plutonium or uranium rods uh, down into liquid. Or carbon. Something. They're yeah. carbon. Are they carbon? Yeah. But they're radioactive, right? Or something. No, the uranium is what's radioactive. The rods stop stop the reaction from happening. Ah, I see. The molecule, the atoms from bouncing back and gotcha, forth. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Yeah, that does look like that, by the way. That's yeah. the first thing I thought when I saw. I'm like, are you building a model of Chernobyl? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm planning. I'm Mr. Burns from the, from the Simpsons. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why that's why he said that? The joke was Mr. Burns was so old that he was around when the phone came out, and that's how you used to answer the phone, is ahoy. Oh. ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> that's what I heard, anyway. So I like it. I like it. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. And we're, we're and we're actually uh, also working on all the paperwork. We sold those two other buildings downtown. Nice. And all of that has been done now. So the money has changed hands and the contracts are signed to do the workshop expansion. OK. And all of that is now in play. And um, I don't think people realize like how much investment of time it takes to like buy and sell property. <laughs> it is insanely difficult. And, and there's a lot of ins and outs and what have you's. And you have to really make sure that things are done right. Otherwise, you can make big mistakes that cost you a lot of money. And so in the last month and a half, two months, I've been just immersed in paperwork and then also restocking things and drawing up new projects and prototyping new things and you know, my brain never shuts off. And so I'm like constantly thinking of new ideas and concepts to come up with for housemates. So uh, lots of cool, like awesome things happening uh, with my with me and my business. And it's all because of you guys who are supportive of the work that we do, not just here on how, uh, work for it, but on my business as well. And this will be a great segue because I'd like to shout out our patrons real quick. John's like, you have to read all of those, all those people's <laughs> names, like every episode. And I'm like, yeah, we yep. do that now. I don't know how long we'll be able to do it, um, but we do have 79 uh, patrons now. So uh, a few more than we, last time. Yeah, a few more than awesome. last time. I think we signed up four more people. Um, Killing it. Damn. Yeah, crushing it. Yeah, four more since the last episode. Let's see. Was I on the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was me and you, Brian. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm going to do them in reverse like I did last week because it switches it up. Uh, th these are four new patrons. Danny Gallant. We appreciate you. Nathan Scott of Nathan's Knives. Appreciate you, Nathan. And Untitled EDC. It's a new one. And E-Rose Knife Co. So I don't know if you guys know E-Rose Knife Co., but there are, you can find them on Instagram at E-Rose Knife Co. Now, if you hear your name and you hear me reading your name and you want it to be slightly different, you can go in and edit your name and patron. And that way, when I read down the names, you want me to shout out your Instagram handle or whatever it is, you can add that to your name and I'll shout it out uh, to get you more followers or whatever. Some people do it. Some people don't care. So Noah Jacobs from NJ Custom Knives, Ethan J. Taylor, Gilles Piltier, Dustin Shaner, Spencer at heavy for underscore forge heavy underscore forge is his Instagram handle. Aru Bladeworks, Jason Duguay, Darren at Stormlight Forge, Coy Baker of Baker Forge and Tool, Austin Saunders of High Caliber Craftsman, Parable Custom Knives, that's Manny G, 
Jake Largen. I think I said that right, Jake, this time. He corrected me last time. It's Largen, not Largin. Largin. Uh, Gage Broski. Bremner Built Knives. Brian Hinnenkamp of Tortuga Blade Works. Ron Hips at RH Maker Solutions. New Forest Forge, Stu Middleton. Zachary Sowell at Potter Nostri Fabrica. Timber Tiger Forge, Chris Magnus. Woodland Iron. Lando Novak, a.k.a. The Abstract Blacksmith. Adrian Briel at Adrian Briel underscore Forge. Kyle Daly at KH Daily Knives. Uh, Todd Harrington at TH Blades. Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations. Sven at Nord Artisan. Chris Larson, the Midnight Maker. Bobby over at Reaper Metalworks. Ira Housewert. Jeremy of 419 Forging. Toby Mural at UK Knife Maker Supplies. Dustin Yahima at Handmade underscore by underscore Kai. Benjamin Mullins. Wesley Crum. Matthew Angel at Ad.KnifeWorks. Full Steam Designs by Chris Powell. Zach Byrne, which is Burn Blades. Nate Walpole of Walrus Steel. Jared over at Echo Blades. Troxclair Custom Cutlery. Maximus Knives. Donnie Dulovich. Thomas Moberg, TMO Knives. Dennis Terrell. Leon Shanks of Two Birds Blade Works. Page two. That's 50 of you all. Jared Weaver at Weaver's Custom Metalworks. His Instagram is Master of Metal Manipulation. <laughs> I love that one. Master of Metal Manipulation. He puts up uh, some great content. He really does. Yeah, it, it, it's a great name, though. I, I love it. It makes me think of Metallica. It, every I, time, I was just saying, right? it's like some sort of death metal. It's like, you know, this, yes. like an this album next name. song is called vengeance is mine right but i don't think that's like the i'm kind not of guy. making no, fun of no the no guy no now, not, yeah. not at all but i don't think that's the kind of guy he is i just think that like he's he's a fab works guy so like he does all kinds of stuff and that's a really cool name that actually is, so. that's awesome uh, uh richard beck over at becksarmory.com our number one sponsor maritime knife supply.com that's lawrence lake oxford blade co caroline jeanette racine ryan chadborn knife works Hello, that guy. <laughs> uh, Working Hands Podcast, Moonshine Leatherworks. That's Brian Absher. Knife Material. At Cordoso Knives in Portugal. James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Knives. Crafty Man Forge. Ken Kemna. Mark LeBlanc at Papa underscore Hatch underscore Axe. Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. Bed Bob at Shed underscore seventy two. Keith Drennan at Blackthorn Concepts. Menster underscore Hill underscore Forge. Scott Wilkerson at Phoenix Works, Brigham Kendall, Bob Ryan, Eric at Overall Makers Works, Maker Works, Jamie Blow, Michael Nye, Noah Bloomberg, Devin and Dustin O'Hara at the Art of Craftsmanship, Justin Miller, Mark Vanderwerf of 118 Blades, and Marcus over at MW Steelworks. We appreciate all 79 of you. For contributing to our show financially, it helps us do trips like to Maker Camp and Blade Show and other th- other things, and also buys new equipment if we need it, pays for our software so we can record this show, and uh, yeah, if you feel compelled and you get something out of our show, make sure you head over to patreon.com forward slash work for it. I'd love to shout out one of them if I can. Do, Go for do it. it. Do it. I don't know if you guys listen to it. But we did an episode, not the last one we put up, but the one before it with Timber Tiger. Timber Tiger Forge, yeah, Chris, Chris Magnus. Magnus. Yes. I would highly suggest having him on as a guest. Maybe put a little, like, parental advisory explicit content <laughs> sticker on the oh, no thumbnail. Kidding. But yeah. 
he's a wildland firefighter and a mm-hmm. log truck driver Super on the West Coast. Yeah. And a really guy. good Damascus maker. Really good Damascus maker. And he's got some crazy stories. He's a bit of a crazy guy. <laughs> but he's worth having on. He is, We're going to have him on again because that episode was so fun to record. I mean, he was telling us stories about getting burned over when he was firefighting out in, you know, the West Coast where they have the bad wildfires. And mm. he's been hauled out of his... Uh, rig in a flood with a helicopter and like oh my god he's just loaded with good good content and stories <laughs> sounds like bad luck <laughs> <laughs> i mean if, if you got some luck <laughs> not just bad luck but good luck too i guess a good story can go either way yeah you know that's the thing i think whenever i start doing something and things turn bad i think instantly like okay how can we capitalize on this or learn from it or learn from it? And uh, I have been uh, doing uh, some social media pushes lately, just like pushing out Instagram reels. So Brian, do you remember me saying that I got, uh, uh, I got denied for the monetization program at Instagram and they would not let me appeal it for whatever reason. Yeah. What happened with that? Apparently they turned their, decision around on their own i don't know how that works but i got a message one day i open up instagram they're like you're now eligible for monetization on instagram and i was like (laughs) great so i started posting reels and of course the reel right before that had a hundred thousand views on it right and i'm like you know i'm sure yeah that one doesn't count okay exactly exactly so have you noticed that now that you're monetized your views have like absolutely plummeted Yes, I have. That was going to be my. That was going to be my next uh, statement. And by the way, not only that. So it's this is like feels like a major bait and switch to me because. So they initially like I release before I realized that I was in the program, I had released already six reels, and on those six reels, like it generated like sixty or eighty dollars just in those with those six reels. And okay. I was like, wow, those are that, those are reels like that I released in like two or three days. And I thought, wow, OK. And it said you have uh, 144 left to post for or your bonus program and okay. you could generate up to eighty five hundred dollars mm-hmm. in revenue. Well, as soon as I hit the hundred dollar mark. Because a couple of my reels did go on a run, you know, 11,000, 15,000 views, whatever. They went on runs. Those generated all of a nickel. Mm. And right. what it ha- I don't know why and I don't know what the what the thing was. But as soon as it hit $100, it was like, OK, now you're instead of making, you know, $10 on a reel, you now make like one penny. Right. And I. I am dumbfounded as to the business model that Instagram thinks it's bait and switch. They it made is. me create all of these, all of these reels because I'm like, wow, six reels netted me uh, almost a hundred dollars. Awesome. And they didn't even get that many views. And then bang, they throttled it back to like nothing. So yeah. it makes it absolutely, it's like same deal with YouTube. They do the exact same See, thing. See, that's they, what know. I was going to pivot into is because, you know, as I was growing up, up and through like the the challenge videos, you know, it was all before I was monetized, and I saw like this kind of slow, gradual, long tail potential, um, you know, growth, and like everything was moving up, and it was getting almost an exponential curve towards the end of it. 
And um, now that I've gotten my monetization, and it, as soon as I monetized, I was posting every single week. To be fair, it's not Kyle le level videos. It's you know just me shooting on my own. But hey, some people like that. And I noticed as soon as I monetized, everything just dropped almost in half. So I don't know what it is, whether it's because I got monetized and all of a sudden YouTube is like, oh, you know, we will be losing a couple pennies on this. So let's go ahead and just throttle this guy and just, you know, it makes push no him sense, down into though. the ground. The yeah, same thing I happened with mine. It. Really? Yeah, my uh, YouTube. Where, on Instagram? Or no, on my YouTube? YouTube. I have a YouTube channel with a bunch of horrible videos of me doing repairs because that's what I do for a day job. Yeah, and but it, people love that shit. Like, that's, that's, like what kind of repair work yeah. do you do? Uh, small engines, so anything, oh, okay. anything that runs off gas that you cut with, mow with, push, <laughs> like <my old> man. <laughs> yeah, push, push dirt with, you know, if it runs off gas and it's air cooled, then I'm, uh, I'm a pretty, pretty skilled technician in that. Nice. Yeah, that's my bread and butter, my day job. Yeah, master certified in Briggs and Stratton, Kawasaki Kohler. And silver okay. and gold level for Skag, Echo, Husqvarna, and Tecumseh, but steel. they don't really. Yep, steel. I'm not certified for steel, but it's all the same shit. You know, <laughs> they make them in the town that I live in. That's yep. where the factory is. Yeah, I was gonna say. So how now much I know difference? who to talk to when my mower won't work or something. I'll be like, <laughs> Ryan, can I Facetime you and have you talk me through this carburation? problem i'm having i wouldn't do that to you i'm just you could absolutely i could help you through <laughs> I, know, I know you'd help me i know jason's done it a bunch of times um it's uh people do love that stuff because it's a dying profession mm. it's one of them deal it's one of them fields where like all the old timers are getting ready to either die or retire and nobody's teaching anybody else um in any trade it's yeah kind of across the board yeah um but it's good stuff it's, you know, I got so you started. have this. You have those videos up on YouTube, yeah. And then you got uh, over a thousand subscribers, and you got the four thousand watch hours, and all of that. And then they monetized you, and then you noticed a drop in. And how, like, when was that? Give me a time frame. Like, oh, so probably six months ago, I got monetized, and okay. So the drop in, it's a drop in viewership. Mm-hmm. But not a drop in subscribers. My subscribers yeah. have increased, but my viewership has gone huh. down, which you would think it's the opposite. The thing that well, I saw, might... the thing that I saw is it was purely the reach. So you, you can also like you can get a decent amount of like, yeah, the, the amount of your subscribers that actually are, are shown your content go down to almost nothing. Yeah. Wow. And it's like the, it's not being shown very much outside of your subscribers, just like Instagram it's... does. Does that mean on the subscriber homepage it pops up and nobody else? Yes. It so and I've noticed this too is where I'm like looking for a specific video on YouTube of like I know that this particular creator makes a video every week right. and then it stops being pushed to my homepage and I'm like okay well now I have to click on subscriptions so then I go to subscriptions and then it, of course it's in there right. but you have to dig for it. That's like suicide for a YouTube channel yeah. because very few people you know, actually most take people, that step. Exactly. They're not going to go do that extra step to go find your content. They, or they really got to like you to do that. So. They got to really like you. And, and that's why they say it's really important to post at the same time, same day of the week, same time ish, 
so that people can find your content. But I would I would say that it's like YouTube's job to kind of like push that content out and get people, you know, new subscribers. So the approach that I've been thinking about is, you know, with my channel, I've noticed my viewership go way down and it usually does in the summertime is like summer is people are outside, they're traveling, their kids are out of school, so they're not really watching a whole lot of YouTube. And I find myself in the same boat. Like I don't watch a ton of YouTube in the summer. So it's kind of like my own pattern as well. And I thought, you know, I just need to create these not shorts because they they call them shorts that are like a minute or less. They're like clips. They're like one minute or less. I don't want to produce that short of content, but I think I'm going to just start producing like five minute videos that are easy to make just to keep my content fresh so that the algorithm will recognize that I'm still creating content because Mm. you know me, I'm like an opus maker. Like I make 20, 30, sometimes two hour long pieces on YouTube (laughs) and, and uh, you know, and I'm like every shot I'm like really trying to make perfect. And in reality, the, the algorithm doesn't give a shit about that. They just care whether or not I'm contributing to the community on YouTube. They just want to see that I'm doing something. And maybe one of the 10 videos that I produce that are five minutes long will go on a run and I'll get a quarter of a million or million views on that at some point. Um, but Is I, Instagram and YouTube owned by the same? No. No. YouTube owns or Google owns YouTube and Instagram is owned by Meta or Meta, which owns Facebook. So it's uh, uh, Instagram got bought out by uh, what's his face? The alien. The alien man. Yeah, he is a weird fucking dude. He is. I feel like you can't get that. I feel like you. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) He he walks into the barber and is like, "Is there anything more you can do to make me look like Pete Rose (laughs) (laughs) or Data from Star Trek?" (laughs) I feel like you can't get that rich and not be weird. Like that's that's just like a prerequisite. Absolutely right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like the classic definition of I can do whatever I want. Elon yeah. Musk is in that same boat. Yeah. Unfortunately. Man, he needs to get some more sun. Did you see them pictures of him out on his yacht? Yeah. I mean, he's pasty. He, that's uh, another that's level like of pasty. That's like, uh, he's like a vampire. I love Elon Musk, by the way. I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying, bro. Yeah. You need some vitamin D. Just in case Elon Musk is listening, you know, we are fans. <laughs> they all listen. He's a, he's a classic example of work for it, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, all right. So shifting gears, gentlemen, I would like to shift gears into work for projects. If you guys sure that. let's do it. I am going to jump right on top of uh, one of our patrons, parable.custom.knives. He is uh, producing these. um I guess they would be considered like an EDC knife. I don't know if you've looked at these, Brian and Ryan, but they're they're a fixed blade, uh, like black G10 handle, uh, etched blade. It looks like mono steel, and he's got a whole series of them on his feed. They're made out of 1084, and they're just really cool. He's got little tiny uh, Kydex um, sheaths that they clip into, and I'll say this again, but that like sub, I don't know how much he charges for them, but I'm just assuming like 200 or around there, $200 or around there. When you're making knives, that's like the sweet spot, man. People, people will gravitate towards that kind of thing. What so, is EDC? Everyday hey. carry. Got it. Yeah. 
So it'd be like a knife. I, would, I was trying really hard. Yeah, and I yeah. was nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near. So yeah, you, you think of it in terms of like you would carry that knife on you, like no matter what you were doing, sans like going into like on an airplane or something. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, parable I'll... dot knives or parable dot custom dot knives. At the time of this recording, he has two hundred and sixty eight followers. Whoa. Go give him some love. He's got a great logo. He's got great. He's, you know, setting up his knives all kind of in the same position. So like his feed is filled with really good looking blades and go give him some love and check out his work because it deserves some eyes on it. Yeah, that that is really clean work. And I love just kind of like the classic drop point. What would that be? A Skinner knife? But yeah, yeah I was it's a really nice too, looking, yeah. really nice looking yeah. work for sure. For what do yeah. you say? 200 followers. Yeah. he needs a lot. 268. Yeah. Damn. So Kawa Jeanette, Caroline Jeanette has finally dropped the, a picture of all of the spoons that she's made me. Uh, yeah, she she oh. has these. It's a teaspoon, a tablespoon, a cup, like a measuring cup. And oh, yeah. and that, a though. right-handed uh, stirring spoon, but oh my gosh, I am so excited to finally you know see these in person. They are absolutely gorgeous. They're made out of black walnut, and yeah, um, I am finishing up her knife hopefully tomorrow, and I'll I'll be getting that shipped out towards her. She got one of my EDC. Let's see, yeah, she got one of my um my production knives where it's it's the stainless steel production knives and i also did the black walnut to t- try to match in with this kind of whole trade thing going on but yeah these are absolutely so, gorgeous i love them so john john was just asking me about the right-handed cooking spoon and now yes. i see it so like i'm like aren't all spoons ambidextrous <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's but got they, a little bit of an angle at the top it has it. an angle in the front of it so if you can imagine john it's like it's like a rounded scoop but at the front it's like sharp it's like a it's like a, a straight oh, line okay. and it's all angled right. towards right. the left right. it's so, like uh you know right or left-handed um shears scissors, scissors or, or cut shears. metal the one direction yes, you want to go exactly yeah if you can imagine i look at brian like that scene in die hard where you, know, you say asian dawn movement and um the other guy goes mouths and i'm like right-handed spoon right-handed spoons what this exists uh, i read about them in time magazine <laughs> yes but yeah these are very 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 pretty spoons for sure i've got ryan two. are you sitting in front of a computer are you are you uh, looking at wfi projects i am yeah. i've got two up that i'd like to uh mention yeah, go for it the first one is Moonshine Leatherworks Shop Dog Benny. Everybody knows I love doggies, so uh, oh, yeah. happy eighth birthday to Benny. So, and that was on May twenty second. And then the other one, where'd it go? Sorry, dead air, dead air. Moonshine uh, Leatherworks, by the way, has five thousand seven hundred and twenty four followers on Instagram. See in the Appalachians. Uh, Moonshine Leatherworks. I don't know where he's located. We can find out. Oh, there it is. Okay, I'm going to butcher this name. What's going on with your website, Moonshine Leatherworks? It just says private site. Maybe you're doing some maintenance. Yeah, you must be doing some maintenance. He's got a Squarespace site. I'll be putting up a site Or if you don't know about it, fix your website, Brian. (laughs) Absher. 
I'll be putting up a website soon. I don't know how to go about it or where to start, but I bought my domain name three years ago and I've just been paying for it for nothing. So. No need to rush these things, Ryan. <laughs> uh, so the the second <laughs> WFI the project. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of right. back in the older ones here, but this one's back from December sixteenth, twenty twenty one, and I'm going to butcher okay. this name, but it's it's Azura Maker out of it is Azura. Yeah, it's Azura. It's Azura yes. Maker out of Makawa, Hawaii, and they posted a Koa and Neon Glow handmade ring. Ooh, his stuff is super cool. Yeah. And yeah, this is this work is beautiful. Koa in itself, I mean, it's it's one of the most beautiful woods on the planet, but oh, it's glow in the dark also. Yeah, he he turns all that himself on the lathe in his shop. Yeah. How many and, uh, really talented guy and um yeah, it's Azura underscore maker and he is in Hawaii uh on Maui, I believe. Yeah, some when it's time, I am for sure ordering a band from him for my my wedding band. That yes. his work is just so good. Sure. I ordered a a handmade Makume Gane wedding ring for when we go out to dinner and stuff from a a local guy, R. Clark Designs. He's uh he's he's one of the makers that's so talented. He doesn't realize he's talented. He's got like two hundred followers on Instagram. Um, right. Yeah, he's a part-timer, and his work is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Folders, chef knives, leather work. He's my leather guy. He handmade me a <laughs> Makume Gane ring. Like, he's, uh, and he's a super nice dude, so go check him out. Do you too. say most of these guys, the online stuff and the making stuff is just a hobby second gig, or is it a, a main, um, main um, source? I'd say it's, it's 50-50. Like, for you guys, I mean, you one of you is the... the the small gasoline engine mechanic by day and looking for your cat woman at night. It sounds like, uh, have you heard about that ad? No, my, my neighbors, my neighbor said, um, he's from San Francisco with Cisco. And he's like, yeah, the best like dating, like it was before the dating apps. And he's like, all you need to do is like go in the newspaper and say, Batman seeks Catwoman." And put your phone number. <laughs> that's actually not that bad. That's that's a pretty good technique. Wow. I, I would say that most people are side hustlers. Like you would say? Yeah. I mean, Brian is full time. Um, and, you know, he's in a position. It's really interesting. When we brought Brian onto the, the show, it was because we wanted to watch the rise of Brian as a maker, full time maker. And he's young, so he's not married. He has no kids. He has a, a girlfriend, and so it's yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, the and so Brian, it, it, you know, we've talked about this numerous times, but it's like you, never a better time to like you know when you don't have all these commitments, mortgages, and things. Um, you know, but and a lot of these guys though are definitely weekend warriors, crushing it and uh, making extra money, making knives, making, doing leather work, you know, doing all kinds of, uh, you know, maker quote unquote crafts type stuff in their workshops. And a lot of us are also content creators, which is the way that we get our product out there and like what we're doing. Yeah. And that's how, you know, house made was started. That's, you know, it's all just, you know, absolutely no money spent on ad revenue. It's just all word of mouth through social media. Mm -hmm. And the, the beautiful part about this community is that, when an idea or someone comes up with a concept or an idea or makes something, the community rallies behind it. Or if you need help, 
I mean, you guys can attest to this, right? Like you could ask, like whenever you have an issue with something, you have probably a library of like 50 people you could. Refer oh, to, yeah. Right. Yeah. And they would all all gladly help. The solution. To some, I'm trying to build this. I'm having this problem. Having a tr- having this, this problem. This keeps breaking. This keeps failing. Yeah. Or I'm trying to forge weld. Or I'm trying to do something. All you got to do is quickly take a video, send it to somebody or multiple people on Instagram or online or wherever, and you'll get you'll get detail like long detailed responses of people who are very good at it. I mean, and and have done it for a long time. Um, a and, really and speaking good- of. Go a ahead, really bro. good example of that is like when I when I wired my VFD with the reverse switch and I've I do not know the first thing about any sort of wiring. I am so bad with electrical work. I I just went on live on Instagram and I think was it was it you, Ryan, who jumped on and helped me, you know? Yeah, it was it was it. me that walked you through it. Yeah. And like any little thing like that, hey, I'm having an issue with this, either go live or message somebody and you'll you'll get exactly what you need because everyone's so welcoming in this community. Yep. Yep. And, and that's uh, that's what I've discovered. So it's a really cool community to be a part of because just about every other hobby that I've ever been involved in, there's a whole lot of people who are not so friendly, who yeah. will basically tell you to go fuck off if you ask a question. And this right. community is the exact opposite. People are saying, hey, if you ever need any help, and this is a genuine offer, please reach out and ask. And like Jimmy Duress is a classic example. The of Netflix that. guy? Yeah, the Netflix guy. I mean, he's he has a gazillion things going on. He's got, you know, all this stuff happening, and yet he takes the time. He'll stop and take the time to answer a question. He's, he's an amazing human being, and he's just one of many thousands of us that are in this community speaking of another amazing maker in our community bald man knife and tool my man brent smith he is uh pushing his thicker clippers i don't know if you guys saw any of my instagram stuff from last week but he made me a thicker clipper uh with giraffe bone as the handle Mm -hmm. and i am i don't covet a lot of things in my life i like things i like tools and stuff but this is something I find myself uh, fondling all the time. Like I have it in my hand. I'm like using it. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, this is one of the most beautiful things I own. I mean, it's, it's, it's the girth that beautiful. does it for you, right? It's the girth. It's, it's like the smoothness, like the veiny smoothness oh, of the handle. Right. It's always, you know, the girth. And the, and I was the, just looking down and all the, all before you guys even went there, I didn't want to, I'm like, Please let your pants be on, Brian. Please <laughs> keep your pants. I just love stroking it. I don't know what to. I can't. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just such a great piece of uh, equipment, you know. But, all right, uh, guys, this Brent is fun. I'm all- gonna. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> See you guys. I can almost hear Brian's cheeks turning red. Talk about a sausage party. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yeah, but I love bald man's what- content. His face, like he's just got one of them faces where it's like, like you see it and you start laughing, like not in a bad yeah. way. Like not in a bad way. Right? Not in a bad way. I've yeah. worded that very poorly. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Whenever he, I see Brent, I always just burst out laughing because he's just so funny. Looking. He just no, looks like course. a happy he, guy. You know what I mean? He is. Yeah. He definitely is. And he's got that like magnetism about his stuff that he creates. And you always know it's going to be something funny or interesting that he's saying. Bald man knife and tool. Go check it out and check out his thicker clippers. They're super reasonable. He, he makes them out of all different types of steel. You can get stainless and carbon and whatever else. And I'll tell you what, it, it is uh, such a great uh, thing to be friends with Brent and have him close because he's like right near my shop. He lives like five minutes away. So, Hey, man, don't uh, don't forget that true tilt. 
Oh yeah, he came up with the true tilt. And that that was like his uh his design and you know the concept for that table is like not that original, you know that table concept where you're tilting things and using it, but the way that he converted it and made those arms, those wings on the side go really far up mm-hmm. and then the you know swapping the platen with the workrest, that's all Brent. I mean, he came up with all of that concept. And gonna, it's, that's revolutionary in my head. It's oh, like a massive game changer for knife making. Absolutely. I, I'm going to have one of them soon. I think for me, it's really going to help. You know, when you break your 90s, when you're about when you're about mm-hmm, to grind yes. a bevel to get that marked yes. center line. I think yep. having one of those is going to make my lines so much better down the center. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm even a if I don't at hand grinding and yeah. I can I can do a perfect bevel on this table. Yeah. I mean, it's it's if I can do it. I mean, it's it's a it's a game changer of a device. I grind sure. off a and they're back rest, in stock. So. By the way, if you're listening to this right now and you <laughs> want to buy one, they're back in stock. I just offloaded them off the truck yesterday. Nice. So, yeah, I'm right in the middle of that. I don't use a jig and I don't freehand. I use a work rest. But even if I don't do so it's my the same bevels concept, stuff, right? Yeah, like kind of using the work rest as as a jig, which is which makes sense, right? It just feels better. It's quicker too. It's it's for my OCD. Because if I yes. fr- if I freehand, the lines aren't as straight as if mm, I use yes. my work rest, and it it drives me nuts. I uh, yeah, that's See, probably why my work's so clean because I take so long and I'm yeah. so anal and it like yeah, I've made so many knives that I've just thrown like fuck <laughs> fuck that piece of shit like yeah. you know what I mean? We've yeah. all been there for sure. Yeah. Is there an average per hour? How like how long do you? spend on a particular one it'll oh take me a whole day to grind a chef knife if yeah. if i'm Whoa, if i'm wow if i'm doing the diamond grinds and you know yeah if i was I'm, gonna say your your diamond grind i imagine that takes longer than like the average flat ground you know chef it does because it's a multi-step process like it's not like a full flat grind you just you know you 36 in your bevels and then you clean them up and you've got a knife with the diamond grind you've got to put the hollow in the back or even like uh i've been altering kind of my method on it to get like a fuller in the back of my knives mm-hmm. and you have to keep going back and forth like if you grind over too far on one side so that or if you didn't grind your hollow deep enough it's gonna be shallow by the time you get your bevels in and like so it takes it, me a while do you both sell them yeah oh, yeah. yeah for so sure. it the, the time you spend in, is that how you come up with cost or is, is it cost material time, what it's worth, what you can get for it? How do you, how do you value? I don't know about the, Ryan, but this is I, like the million dollar question. <laughs> how do you value a knife? Well, I, it, in my line of work, it's all about time. Yeah. yeah. It's not that way with knives because everybody's skill level is different. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it might take me, you know, five hours to grind out a knife. And it might take uh, Ryan like ten minutes, you know, and and in and the, but the that's, value of that's that a knife volume. It is. Or uh, what's it called? Um, like sca- a scalable, scalable thing. Uh, right. Techni- yeah. You know how you put it out. So the more you do, the quicker you get at it, and that way your profit margin just increases the quicker you can do it. Um, you know, in Ryan's case, he's taking an entire day to grind a uh, chef knife, which is seems like a long time. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Long. But it. But at the end of the day, the quality of the product is so superior, you know, that it's people pay more money for it because so, I mean, there yeah. is there is value in, you know, 
someone who understands that quality and is willing to pay for it, then there you are. That's the key. Finding somebody who understands and sees the quality of the knife, sees the quality of the work, and also likes the person who made it. You know, that's important too. Yeah. Because you're buying fr- you're buying art, functional art, in right. my opinion. You know, and it's yeah. And I think that's the reason why knife making has become so popular is because people like in our age group, they have some discretionary income where they, you know, they can spend a little bit of money on something and they want to buy something from somebody that they know and they want a unique item, but they also want it to do something. You know, they, it's different than a painting on a wall. You know, you stare at it and you look at it. Eventually it becomes a part of the landscape. Whereas a knife, you're pulling it you're out. Using you're using it. it. Tool. Yeah, it's a tool. So well, the time thing, I always say at work, you know, something gets done relatively quickly. It's, I use the line from um, Scotty where he's talking to LaForge and Scotty goes, um, well, how long is it going to take to repair the engines? And LaForge is like four hours. And he's like, well, what did you tell the captain? And he says, I told him it would take four hours. And Scotty goes, oh, you didn't tell him how long it really take, did you? Now you're never going to get that reputation as a medical worker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, t- you, you, you tell him eight. And then when you do it in four, you, you produce two. You, you under promise and you over deliver. Yeah. I mean, that is like the key thing. And we talked a lot about this. When I ran the computer business, it was perceived value because, yeah. you know, a lot of people would bring us problems that we could fix in five minutes. And I would tell the I would tell the guys, like, look, if you call that customer back and they're still on the road going home, they're never going to want to pay that bill when they come back in. No. And and it's like so you just let it sit here and we'll we'll figure it out and maybe do some other things. We'll clean it. We'll make sure that they get their perceived value mm-hmm. out of our time. That's a good point. Because, you know, the customer is going to say, well. You know, it's one hundred and fifty dollars. It only took you five minutes. Yeah, well, it took me ten years to figure out how to do it in five minutes. Have I'm you, sorry, but that's why it's one hundred and fifty dollars. You heard the story about um, the master steam engine repair guy. No. So uh, this was back when they were building massive steam engines for boats and ships and whatnot. So huge endeavor. The engines are probably as you know, big as your workshop, you know, just ginormous steam, cold power and what, however it was. So they built this grand ship and they put the engine in it. And for whatever reason, they couldn't get it started. Couldn't get it started. Couldn't get it started. They had engineers and technicians and everyone came out and they had all these investors really pissed off that this beautiful ship, they couldn't get it going. Right. So this, somebody hits on this, he says, well, there's this expert engine guy who he's been around forever and he knows how to fix stuff. So let's call him. So he comes in, climbs up, climbs down, climbs all around, looks all looks over the engine, goes in his tool kit, gets a little ball peen hammer, taps this, taps that, goes over the engine starts. They're like everyone's clapping, everyone's great, everyone's so happy. So a couple of weeks go by and the owners get an invoice. And it's like a $1000. And they're like this is ridiculous. Like we saw what you did. That's not, you know, we want an itemized bill of why it's a thousand dollars. So he wrote back and he said, um, you know, tapping on your engine, $5, knowing where to tap $995. Yes. Experience counts. That's exactly right. I've always, that's, that's the problem. I'm sure you're taught, you've had this exact experience in your line of work when you're working on engines, haven't you, Ryan? Uh, yeah, it, I love that story. I've heard it before, and I love it because there's a specific. So most like from the '90s to the to basically a few probably five years ago, uh, they used the same Briggs and Stratton engines for push mowers. 
And <laughs> as they get older and carbon builds up, sometimes after you shut them off, the intake valve will stick open. And all you have to do is walk up, know the exact right spot, and give it one little tap with a ball-peen hammer. And, and the, the spring pulls the valve down. And yeah, the like, spring pulls the valve back in, fires it up, it'll run for 10 more years. And it, it always cracked like me up. You, it's you know. like that scene in uh, Sling Blade where you like they bring in the <laughs> ain't got no gas in it. Ain't, ain't got, got no, no gas, gas in it. it. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got me French fried for tired potatoes. Potatoes. You bet not talk that way. He just a boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, while you were talking about your your fullers and S grinds and all of that, um, we're we're actually developing a straight edge system for the True Tilt that will bolt into the true tilt table so you can move your wheel or uh, uh, right now I've got my guys in Holland uh, putting together uh, these radius platens and you'll be able to make that platen or wheel just a little bit proud of the table and then set up that that flat uh, guide that will go on the true tilt and then you'll be able to just drag your knife over it and Mm. you'll create a a perfect S grind every time. I mean, well, it'll just, it, it's indexed, so it can't, you can't really mess it up. And, um, and then of course you will have to adjust the, the, you know, the table slightly to get it deeper and however you want to go. But, uh, that could solve that problem for you. You know, if you, there, nobody's really doing it yet with small wheel attachments, like for fullers, it would be pretty tough, I think, but S grinds, we've tested it and it does work. The- yeah, and that's the thing is like, you know, it, it takes me with my current system on the TR maker, it takes me about half an hour to 45 minutes to grind or to roughen the bevels and then maybe another, you know, let's say another half an hour or so to really tune them in, get all my lines nice and straight, make it as thin as I want. And it really seems like this true tilt is almost idiot proof and you can get it done in like 15 minutes oh like completely done it's pretty quick 15 yeah. minutes yeah it's pretty quick yeah so that's, uh, i can see production production going up and maybe even prices coming down a little bit well if you want somebody yeah. to test yeah. it and compare what it takes to do their <laughs> knives with one on a true tilt i'm your guy hey you're, me too. you're the guy <laughs> ryan we already know it works oh okay all right see how yeah. that goes no i'm kidding <laughs> We we already know it's going to make you better and faster yeah. and stronger, yeah. like Daft Punk says. Yeah, back I back onto the pricing when it I can't charge I for my time. Six million dollar man. You know, I yeah. mean, what, you can't really charge for your time when you're making knives because it, especially with me, it takes me so long to get one out. I can't charge twelve hundred dollars for a chef knife yet. It's just not feasible yet. Yet, yet is um, the keyword. So, like, you really have to sit down with your clients and be like, they saw this knife posted, and that's the one they want. Well, that might be a stainless compound grind. You know what I mean? Mirror finish took me two days to make the blade. Um, if they want a hidden tang, hidden tang takes more time. Um, it, you know what I mean? So, there's a, there's a variance in there. Like, a like let's say a full flat grind western style chef knife i'll charge 254 but a hidden tang full size diamond grind gaiuto that's stainless i won't take less than 375 
Um, yeah, and that that pricing is very reasonable. What I was, was going to say purchase? those are way underpriced for the, the amount of work that you're putting in. Three seventy five. So I, t- I tell customers three seventy five if they just want the knife. Four twenty five if they want a custom stand oh, with it. Oh, it's working. Is it's Ben working. Butler with here? us? Fine. An oh, hour and seven minutes gee. in, we have Ben Butler. Jeez, ben, Ben's got his underwater microphone out, and he's <laughs> oh. talking to us through a snorkel. Can you I believe this, everybody? Everybody, Ben Butler. See, just to get on Scuba it. Ben. Oh, shitballs. <laughs> Hi, boys. <Crickets>. <laughs> no Ben Butler. <laughs> Holy he's shit. So, wait. I love it. So, Oh, yeah, it's all right. That. We know you're going through quite a bit of stuff with the house and all of that. And very Man. quickly, it, before we shift yeah, to you, Yeah, I don't want to derail. Go. Keep Ryan, going. I do not want to derail. Ryan has a dad joke because we're at we're, – you're not derailing anything. You're, nah. you're swimming through the sea of podcasting in your basement. Yep. And uh, and but but Ryan is he's got a dad joke so uh, oh, I think you have a dad joke don't two, you Ryan two, I do just I do I have two seconds. actually Did you guys know that so, cockfighting I don't know if these have been said before but if they haven't so here's the first one whole year What do you call an, an oh, that's just yeah. gone to shit Holding on <laughs> I don't know what's going uh, can you guys, on but Can you guys hear Ben Ben can oh, you hear everybody because you're, you and ben. Ryan are talking over each other Oh, I can't hear are. Ben. I can't hear. I don't Ryan even. Ryan cannot Ryan. hear Ben. And he didn't hear my cockfighting oh. joke. No, yeah. you didn't. Okay, Ben. For the next couple of minutes, just I'm done. hold hold your horses. We're gonna do the we're gonna do the dad joke. And after the trombone, right, you can go. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Ready. Let's do this. What do you call an empty cup of coffee? What do you call an empty cup of coffee? Been there, done that. Mm. Very nice. <laughs> John, didn't you have a dad joke? You said a dad joke last night, I think, didn't you? Uh, no, you were saying them, and I said you've been saying dad jokes even before you were a dad. This is true. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> you want the second one? Yeah. Yes. Some what does a zombie way. get when he's late for dinner? What? Hold on. Give me a second. What does a zombie get when he's late for dinner? The cold shoulder. Cold shoulder. Cold shoulder. Yes, yes, I like it. This is really like funny having two people in here that can't hear each other. So <laughs> yeah, I still can't hear him. So uh, Ben, you can't hear Ryan. Oh, geez. How are we gonna do this? Well, it's a little tough when you when you can't hear the guest. I think that's the problem. So, bounce out, bounce back in. Maybe maybe it'll reset itself. Yeah, it didn't even show me that he popped into the room. Weird. Yeah, weird. All, All right, right ben. ben. Maybe we'll see you again. So, all right. So, Get the hell out of here, you twitch. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? Oh, you just got to love Ben. <laughs> Technical difficulty. I don't know if you're following along with the saga of Ben Butler in his basement, but it, like he had an issue. I guess in Idaho, they have these drainage ditches or these irrigation ditches where people can open and close like these gate valves that will like rush water and, and his their neighbor 
somehow opened it all up and just let water run all the way down to Ben's property. And it just literally filled his basement up seven feet of water. Yeah. That's crazy. Seven feet. Yeah. Check out his Instagram Where feed. was his sump pump? Oh, well, that's a good question. I'm sure there's a lot of those good questions out there. I don't know exactly how it all Maybe. went down, but. Yeah, I feel, I feel like terrible. if you have a, I saw those videos, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" If you have a valve wide open running into your basement, your sub pump can only take so much. But it will let you know that it's constantly running. Be like, "Hmm, my spidey." He wasn't. He home. wasn't home. Uh, yeah, he wasn't there. So it was like it was like he came home to find that. Got it. Yeah, yeah. It, and I guess there's a who big ordered insurance. the swimming pool? Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. It makes me feel better about the seven inches of water occasionally that gets in my basement. I have what's called a positive drain, so I don't have a sump pump, but when the groundwater gets too high, it gets above the floor of my basement, and we have a drain that drains it out into the ditch. And if that ditch fills up with water, if it gets above the pipe, then all that water goes into my basement. Uh, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. We don't have basements in Florida. So we don't. In Virginia. You don't have basement either. No, not no. we're on the east coast. Not no. where you live. No. Yeah, because it would flood, right? Because oh, yeah. you guys are like at sea level. I've there. done two basements in eighteen years of doing houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's actually what John does. So, uh, John, why don't you give us a brief overview? Actually, what you do for a living? <sighs> I design houses. All, All right. right. So I've designed probably and had built over 500 houses in the Southern Virginia and Northern North Carolina area. I've been doing it for 15 years. Um, basically, somebody says, hey, you know, we've got this lot or we've got this development and we need a model home. Uh, so some customs, some, you know, model homes. But yeah, I've been doing it for 15 years. Enjoy it. I get to tell my here's a dad joke. Yes, please. I get to tell my dad, you see, you can draw for a living. <laughs> so back off. Um, but you guys don't use like crayons and stuff. You're, you're so like legit. A like lot of a lot of a lot stuff. of people, for whatever reason, think that like drawing stuff by hand is is quicker. And it it just flat out isn't. I mean, these days with the CAD and instant, you know, gratification you get of 3d and everything else it just makes everything and i'm sure you know so you guys use cad to formulate some things here oh, i know you do brian but um but yeah I mean, it's just drawing in cad and working on the computer and understanding building codes and which in my state are updated every three years while well, the international code is updated three years that's up to the state to adopt it or not but um but yeah that that's what i do that's what I enjoy doing. I've done it for a very long time and worked really hard to get good at it. I use CAD all the time. Cardboard aided design. Hey. <laughs> right. Cut things apart, glue them together, and if they look good, then I put it into the computer. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's called modeling. Yeah, modeling. Pro- product modeling. Actually, back when you know you and I were studying sculpture and doing all i mean that was like 90 percent of how we prototype stuff was all through cardboard and paper and just like hand drawing it all out and john and i were talking about this like really we feel eight you know we feel old when we talk about this but like john and i spent a, an enormous amount of time in dark rooms together because we were um we went Photogra- through yeah. just photography yeah don't go anywhere with that with <laughs> yeah. no, that could go somewhere too wait a minute dark rooms me and you dance for me derek Emulsive- dance for me exactly yeah all kinds of chemicals and lubricants and uh, 
and yeah, so we, we would actually develop a ton of film and stuff. And we, it, it, you know, I just remember our professor, uh, Randy McPherson, right? Was his name? Yeah. Yep. He, he was so pissed off that digital photography was becoming a thing. You know, um, he, he, he thought it was going to destroy the medium. And in all, you know, ultimately John and I both agree at this is that it, it, gave people the ability to do it that didn't have the money or time or equipment to do it. And so it, it effectively, uh, you know, made the medium so much better, you know, all this technology actually brought photography to the forefront. Anything that can be made digital will be made digital, which opens it up to more people. So you have, I mean, I, music is a perfect example. I, I couldn't tell you what's popular right now. And yeah, I, but I find more interesting people, guys, girls, whoever in their basement making music. And it is infinitely more interesting to me than anything that I hear that's coming out of wherever. And that's how I feel about YouTube. Yeah. That, a, and that's all on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's the exact same way with YouTube. When I find a maker who's doing something cool on YouTube, I feel like I found that underground thing that not a lot of people know about. It's it's it's, it's punk music. And yep. it, it's what punk music was in the 70s and 80s. And now everybody has access to it. And it's all quote unquote underground. Some people get popular, but it's the same mentality. It is. It's so, And that's why I love it. Does that mean it's... It, there's no difference. There's no difference. You're right. But it was, it was, it was, yeah, you said feeling old. Did I tell you the story about the preamp I brought in to get fixed? Uh, no. Okay. So I have have like glass tubes coming out of the back. It's a a tube. (laughs) It's a tube preamp and I bring it in. I, it, it, I turn it on one day and it's just not happy. So I, I, I don't have time to, I'm not going to fix this. I'm, so I call the repair shop and I bring it in and I put it on the counter and this kid walks up and he like looks at it and he goes, what is this? I'm like, it's a a guitar preamp, man. He goes, I've never seen this before. And he looks it up and he looks up me and he goes, this thing's older than me. Oh my God. I'm like, can you fix it or not? (laughs) It's like, yeah, dude, I can fix. So a week goes by and he calls me and, I walk in and he's like, all right, it's all good to go. Oh, and by the way, I figured out how to re-upload all the firmware to it. Oh, my God. From 1985. Wow. Or whatever it was. I'm like, I'm not even going to ask how you do it. I'm going to take your word for it. But like, kudos to that kid for figuring out how to make it work. Yeah. So So 1985. So I would have been two years old. That's the year I was born. It was the it was the ADA MP1 preamp. Oh yeah, damn, yeah, that's um, a cool. Preamp. Those the classic, yeah. you know, quintessential '80s metal guitar preamp. Sure, that sure. I wasn't gonna. It was not gonna walk. I wasn't gonna let it walk softly into the night without. No, fight. wait, sure. did you say '85 or '95? '85. Oh, so I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, there we go. You were born you in the '90s. I think it's 1985. Oh, it '85, '80 in that in that era, but it yeah. is it is old. Yeah, I was born it in It still works. Sounds so. great. Wow. I was eight in 93. I was born in 85. I'm one of the Damn. last legends yeah. to be born. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that you are a legend, Ryan. I think uh, you're you're stepping into that that realm. I'm actually looking at you with your dog right now. It's a like a selfie, and your dog is looking at you lovingly. Oh, that's Princess Georgia. That's not Georgia. a euphemism, is it? No, uh, princess. Have, it, yeah, I have two dogs, and they're both princesses. And uh, that one is uh, Georgia. She's a Boingle, which is a Beagle German short-haired pointer. 
Yeah, and she's cute. She, she looks like a baby seal. She's <laughs> both princess. What are you, George Foreman? This is George. <laughs> I also George. named them after the states they came from. So Georgia came from Georgia, and yeah, my like my other dog Caroline came from South Carolina. That makes and, sense. Uh, oh, nice. She's a true rescue. She's ten now. Um, she was born in an animal horde, and like her and all of her siblings were in a crate with their mother till they were four months old. And so she's got some quirks still, even after all this time. But she is my absolute number one fan. Um, there's nobody you can tell by looking at her. She's like she's staring Shadow. at you like, oh, my gosh, I just love you so much. So yeah. My so mother good. doesn't love me as much as that dog does. And uh, <laughs> like does the, she know this? the first two weeks we had her, she would just sit on the couch and shake. And I had to carry her everywhere like. I've had a oh. similar experience. Yeah, she's yeah, you uh, rescued a dog that was in the same boat, didn't you? Yeah, she oh, no, come, I thought she you were I thought you were gonna say when you went to college, Brian, you know, was so shaky, couldn't go do anything <laughs> except for <laughs> No, Brian's a Brian's always been a rock, man. He's okay. always been had the next uh, you know what I just remembered? the thing that we built that one time was that those um Costco or Sam's Club giant pickle jars that we turn upside down and turn into a fish tank. Yes. That, that we had to figure out how to cut glass. Yeah, yeah, we figured it out, and uh, we made little beta fish tanks out of those big. I think they were they weren't for pickles. Well, some of them were pickles, but then we used um, apple juice. Oh, jar. that's right, like, the apple cider juice. Apple jars, cider, right. yeah. And so, like the bottom can like that. It was like the jug, like mm-hmm. the old jug style with the finger loop. And we flipped them upside down, put like stones in them and water, and then we put fish in them, and then flipped them upside down hoping the fish wouldn't get crushed, but they didn't. And get the plants to like settle yep. correctly. And we made so, little wooden stands for them yep. and bubblers. And, and John and I were always doing stuff like that, you know, when we were younger. And this would have been what, like mid nineties? Like So I met you in 96. 1995 or 96. Yep. And then we moved in fall of 99 to 2001 yes and then you moved back to rockford i think yep and then i moved in uh st charles yep that's right and uh and then you know we john and i have had a long history of just making things together building and making things and it's good to see them because i hadn't seen them since 2007 correct 15 years 15 years we haven't seen each other john just got on an airplane and said fuck it i'm coming down there I didn't even have a ticket and they let me on. It was crazy. <laughs> Actually stole the airplane and just flew down here. So anyway. I left. I, I This is my second diehard reference. I left from Dulles and I said, I wonder if Colonel Stewart is going to be here today. So if that's from diehard too. I, I, yes. And I, if you haven't noticed, John communicates almost 98% with movie quotes and movie quotes only. So if you're not a pop, pop uh, culture person, you, you may not, uh, you know, fully follow what he's saying, but of course I am. So I, I get everything he's saying. So that's right. Yeah. It takes one to know one. Yeah. So, but, uh, before we end the show, we do need to shout out our sponsor, and that is MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Lawrence over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com has every single thing if you're making a knife or something in the maker world. So go out and check his website out because he's in Canada. You can take advantage of the USD to Canadian exchange rate, and he ships to the United States every single day. He also just got like 2,000 pounds of wrought iron and if you're looking for wrought iron, 
go there and buy it now. I think he's selling it in like 14 inch chunks or something like that. If you check out his Instagram feed, he's got this beautiful old wrought iron that you can uh, you can purchase. Is it found? Like, does he? It's found re- re- wrought. Reclaimed? It's reclaimed wrought. And that's the stuff you want. You don't want the new stuff. You want the reclaimed because it's got a lot more, you know, it's more interesting. It's the same with wood for construction. Yeah. Don't reclaimed. throw it away. Yeah. Don't throw it away. Keep it. So go check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. And then also, is he doing a sale? I, th- I th- Lawrence, forgive me here. You had messaged me about a sale on the Ram's Head presses. Let me just look this up. Maritime. I'm pretty Ram's sure that he sourced that rot from the great state of Maine. Did I he could know? be I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lawrence, but I'm pretty sure he got that down here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got um, we got the Bath Ironworks where they build all the big naval ships. Oh, right on. Okay. So it's yeah, subs, isn't it? Yeah, they build everything: subs, destroyers, and they have been for a long time. So I'm sure there's tons of leftover yeah, they, material. There is. There's. They build the uh, carriers and everything else down where I'm at. So I know that drill. Yeah. So if you use the promo code Ramshead, all one word, all uppercase, you get a hundred dollars Canadian off the price of a Ramshead press, and that is an excellent deal because that press is already inexpensive. So go out and check out MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, and then also check out his feed on Instagram and on TikTok. He's got a lot going on, and uh, the rot that it looked—they look like huge cotter pins or something. He has eleven hundred pounds of it. And it's available in six or twelve inch increments. Um, yeah, so go check it out. They look like huge cotter pins. I don't know what they are—hooks or something—but it's all reclaimed. It looks awesome. So, but boys, I think that's a show. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I—I've said all I needed to say. I got to get back to work. Sure, I'm having a blast. <laughs> you sound like a Ryan. You sound like you're very—you're having such a fun time. You're very calming. Thank you. I maybe I should uh, do audiobooks. You could do audiobooks. I really do. You could have a future in that. Although I will say, keep sticking with the knife thing because it's you're really, really talented and you work really super hard at it. So pick, I appreciate pick that, one man. Thing, get good at that one yes. thing, but you can't ignore the rest of the other things that you like too. That's one thing that I've really thought long and hard about is, especially with I pick one thing to get good at with drawing houses but you know there's some other things along the way that i really look back and said boy i should have paid more attention to this this and this but there's always that one thing that you're going to put ten thousand hours in to be a master yes and that's just how it is yes i'm, and I'm that pretty be the one thing you're really passionate about yeah absolutely i'm pretty sure jimmy deresta's buddy ron swanson once said never half ass two things whole ass whole, one thing whole correct asset. that's whole right asset. You didn't notice my shirt yesterday. Yeah, by the way, that's something I didn't tell you about Jimmy Duresta. So Jimmy Duresta and Nick Offerman are close friends. So those two guys are... You yeah. didn't... When I got off the plane, I was wearing my Swanson shirt. You're right, you love that show, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> well, I just like Ron Swanson. Are, I'm yeah. right there with you. Ron Swanson is the man. <laughs> he is the man. <laughs> he's yeah. the man. I, my favorite scene in Parks and Rec is where he's like... He's throwing that barbecue at the, at the park. And he's like, sir, you're, you're going to need a permit for that fire pit. And he's uh, like, oh, I have one. And he I'm pulls. A, I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> he pulls out a I piece of paper. He hands it to the cop. And the cop yeah, says, do it. This want. just says I do what I want. <laughs> he's like, exactly. <laughs> yes, My favorite exactly. scenes when he's got a toothache and he rips his tooth out in the meeting. 
<laughs> well, he faked it. He faked it. It was a fake, yeah. yeah. To, to mess with um, everyone else there. Yeah. yeah. Some, one guy passed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Aziz and, and Sari passed out. Yeah, yeah. Very, very funny show. So, all right, gentlemen, I am going to get back to work. I got lots to do. Ryan, John, thank you for joining us on the Work For It podcast. Ben, we love you. Uh, make sure you get that uh, that swimming pool sorted out in your basement. We we are thinking about you, and uh, hopefully all is going kit. well. Yeah, get definitely get the mold kit, get remediation started right away. I'm sure you know all that stuff. So, anyways, gentlemen, thank you so much, and I know that you all are going to have a good working week ahead. Hard work and good luck. My name is Brian House, and this has been Work For It. Bye. Thank you, Brian. See, see you later. That was a good one. Good show, guys. Good show. Yeah. You know, see, now we got way too much music, Brian. What's going Man, on here? I try to time it out every single time. You, I'm sure you heard it earlier on. I did hear it. I did hear it. You tried. You did. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days you'll get it right. That's all right. Here we go. Bye. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks again, John. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Brian. It's good to be here. All right, man. See you guys. Appreciate you.